normal then this is not the show for you please go somewhere else this is wyrd if it's getting weird it's got to be the weird mountain gals show you're listening to byron and alicia the weird mountain gals Knocking sound. Well, heck, I'd love to do it anyway. Well, they're good and hollow. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true because there's nothing in them. Like be using coconuts to do uh, horse cloppy sounds. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. We're back to the old days of radio. Yes, we are. <laughs> I love that. You've seen that video that that I'm sure you've seen it where somebody's there doing sound effects and it shows how they used to do sound effects. And you know, I thought yes, I, thought it I was have seen that. Yes, it's so oh. awesome. So, how does it feel? Days. 
How does it feel? You you're back for a hot minute. You're getting ready to go I again. Mean, it is literally a hot. Well, it's a hot couple of hours. Mm. Uh, you know, my work husband is on his way to pick me up, and then we're on our way to Tennessee. Oh my! So he's gonna come by here. He'll probably be here about. I'm reckoning about oh six thirty seven o'clock, and he's gonna call when he's almost here. I'm gonna move all my boxes down the bottom of the steps. And when he gets here, I'm just going to open the back of his car and start shoving shit in. <laughs> oh, sorry, Crow. Crow. Uh, and then we're taking off. And I told him I'd buy him supper at the Cracker Barrel. Well, that's And then we'll good. just keep keep going west on 40 until you, or until you are afraid you're going to hit Nashville. And then you take a hard left and then we're there. Well, you know, that Nashville, that drive there is not a bad one. It's, it's not, really, you know, once you get out of the gorge, it's not bad. And mm -hmm. I don't mind the gorge, really. No, no, you've been around it probably all your life, you know. So. Yes, ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> well, guess what I did? What'd you do? You're going to pass out when you hear it. I'm glad oh. I'm sitting down then. <laughs> I actually wrote down some notes about today's show. No way. <laughs> I did. I really did. Well, I think that's wonderful. Um, what our uh, our weird mountain folks don't know is that we didn't even do a pre-show today. We just launched into it. We did. I know. Because I know your time is really, really valuable. Well, and, <laughs> and I'm real aware that we had to do two weeks in a row of repeat shows. Mm -hmm. So we should have a lot to say today. Oh, yeah, we should. Well, so these subjects that I wrote down, we don't have to address them today if you don't want to. But I actually wrote down fake meat. <laughs> that okay. picture. Well, what? that picture. And that picture is our profile picture that we oh. use all the time. And you, you did. I don't know if you've had a chance to get on the Weirdling page or not. But I put up the original picture there on the Weirdling page. I but saw I didn't that. tell him anything much about it other than don't mess with Byron. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, remember you did a you did a fake album cover yes. for the Be Be Beltane Bells. Is that what you called yes. it? Yes, yes. It could have been babes, but it was Beltane Bells. It might Bells. have been babes, Beltane Babes. <laughs> Golly, yes. that's a long time ago. It was. Well, since then, that specific bit of work. Probably, I, I I would say it was a success. That uh, we would, yes, yeah. I would too, actually. <laughs> so anyway, the other thing uh, was, uh, and Ilsa mentioned this to me the last time I talked to her. She said, when we hit 200 episodes, we ought to kind of talk about how we got to 200 episodes. What <laughs> you mean like we actually know how we got to 200 episodes my first thought is that we spoke a lot we just used a lot of words quite often <laughs> and it happened so and there and there we were golly yeah. when is that which which number is this do you know this is number 196 <gasps> so we should do something big and fancy for 200 i would say yeah i mean we've got all kinds of potential so and we've got a month to get it figured out, or about three weeks actually. So well, when are you coming back? Always, that's what they always said about me. You've got potential. Yeah, I don't know that I ever lived up to anybody's idea of my potential. Uh, yeah, I know what you it's mean. It's sad, ain't it? 
No, it isn't. It's it's That's good. You, live, you lived up to your own potential. And Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I had potential. I just knew I'd, there'd be things I'd want to do and I'd just do them or things that I dreaded doing and I'd do them anyway because I had some kind of sense of obligation about doing it. And then it turned out okay. Yeah. Well, I think it turned out fine. You live by well, your own standards. That's what I meant to say. Well, thank you. And I believe you turned out fine, too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to tell mom you said that. Would you tell her and tell her, please, to to verify that that is how she also thinks? I will. You know, she uh, she heard your voice, and on a recording, I I don't know why I had it. It was it was one of our podcasts, and I had it on the phone, and the phone switched over to the car where and we were driving. So uh-huh. she heard your voice for a minute. She said, "Well, that sounds almost like you." And I said, no, that's Byron. And she said, oh, that's Byron. So, yeah, yeah it was Byron. Byron. Byron, her biggest fan. <laughs> I hope you put that part in, too. No, I didn't. Oh, well. <laughs> so, uh, but she's doing, she's, I know you're going to ask, and she's doing fine. She's very feisty. She Good. had a uh, a quote today. Oh, so dear. She had a company come in and. You know, she wants to do a little updating in her in her powder room and turn it into a shower, as oh, opposed. Oh, yeah, that's smart. But, well, I, I think it's something that she's wanted to do since before my dad died, and so I'm thrilled to death that she's considering it. But so she has this guy come in and to give her the quote, and she's very aware that senior females sometimes get preyed on when it comes to mm-hmm. prices and stuff like that. And she had a round of about, I don't know, 20 to 50 questions that she fired off at him. Oh, Just my Lord. Boom, 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 boom. It was very well thought out questions. And <laughs> I thought, boy, she still got it. And you know, her thing is she doesn't want anybody to know how blind she is. And so she'll look you right in the eyes. She'll look right at your face and give you that look. And you think, that she's just staring right at you. <laughs> she's not, though. She's pointed in the right direction, but she's not actually seeing it much. And That's But it, it intimidates people. It's the thing. <laughs> and I just think that's so hilarious when I finally figured out what she was doing. Because it would intimidate me, too. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. Yep, yep. But uh, so that's, you know, we had family in. For the uh, Decoration Day holiday or Memorial, uh-huh. excuse me, Memorial Day, that was real nice. They stayed for a number of days. It came in on either Thursday night or Friday morning, and they just left this morning. Oh, well, that's good. That's a good long visit. It it was. It was overdue, and I think everybody's kind of happy about it. Just, I tell you, we all have stuff that is that we are overdue doing and so much of it is social and family and friends and stuff yeah i've I've enjoyed getting out some since since the restrictions have been lifted on covid i really enjoyed that Uh, i've been in the airport i've been well you know because if you fly to Asheville, you got to fly into 11 to 12 airports to get where you're going yes you can't just fly to there god i remember one time i was flying to I'm going to say Pittsburgh. It was something like Pittsburgh. It might have been Philly. 
and damned if they didn't send me to Dallas, Texas first, <laughs> and then up to to Pittsburgh. And I thought, this cannot be right. There's something <laughs> wrong. No, but the point of all that was that I was one of like three people in the entire airport in Charlotte wearing a mask. Oh wow! And, and a couple of people looked at me kind of funny. I thought, buddy. If you're going to come over here and say anything to me, you better be ready because yeah. it's not going to be. I'm not going to bow my head like a tiny little docile woman. <laughs> I'm probably going to kick you right in your <laughs> places and tell you how is it that me wearing a mask is any of your damn business. Yeah. And then I'm yeah. going to shriek and call security. So be Help ready because I am. I'm ready. <laughs> but they didn't. They, you know, they just gave you gave me that looking down your nose look, like. Uh, was... hmm. Well, yeah. I look, right. give them the same look right back. I do. You know, if they can give you one, I mean, they're probably thinking something along the lines of, of you know, you're scared of COVID or something. But it just, who cares what they think? And I don't care if they think I'm scared of something. They ain't my yeah. daddy and they ain't my boss. That's right. If they, they think I'm scared, then they should be nice to me. Well, they might be mistaken scared for prepared. That's exactly <laughs> right. I've been prepared with little statements and actions ever since people started being so ugly about other people wearing masks. What is it? It ain't none of your business. Does it hurt you if I'm wearing a mask? No. Did I take something away from you that you wanted? No. Do you not get to see my whole face? No. Do you care? Why? (laughs) If you want a political statement, I'll give you a political statement. It ain't going to have nothing to do with this mask. (laughs) Yes, right. Well, and that's the thing that always got me is why did they have to politicize good, you know, taking care of yourself? Why? Why did that have to be? I mean, I understand, but still. I know. Do you you remember that time I went into the, I want to say the Jersey Mike store in Skyland when COVID was first going on and I went to go get my mom a sandwich and those, those people were sitting there at the door and they gave me a hard time and I just went off on them. (laughs) I do remember that. That was a good time. That was hilarious. That was so not what I normally do. Normally, I don't just lose it like that. But boy, they were rude, and I think they really deserved it. They did. You're lucky they didn't. You didn't hit them over the head with an umbrella and start shrieking for the sheriff. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, in a case like that, I felt competent to take care of them. And you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that part of COVID is over. Where, where you know, it's that strong of a reaction. But now I'm just, I'm just sick of the whole. The whole thing about humans acting like buttheads to each other. I, I'm just yeah. tired of humans. I'm going to be straight with you. I, yeah. This past weekend, I was with a whole bunch of really lovely humans. Yeah. I mean, lovely, like a big group of people, hundreds of people. And they were all just like little cups of sunshine. Every one of them. Just That's- nice and smiling and pleasant even the teenagers was good you don't mind that if you can be around that all the time but i know and it just reminded me oh everybody's not a jackass that's right (laughs) just just the majority of them (laughs) they're just scared i understand that and they're anxious about 
where the world is going. I, Lord knows I get all of that, but I don't know why that has to translate into you being a rude so-and-so. Yeah. I don't get it. Uh, it goes, I don't know, fear-based thinking, entitlement thinking, all of that. It just, but now I did I did something on the plane. Uh, it was just day before yesterday. Yes, it was. Uh, the plane from Charlotte to here to Asheville. Yeah. And I I was lucky going up to I went up to the Berkshires in Western Massachusetts. Oh. I was so lucky because I got the aisle seat both flights going up there and both flights coming back Ooh, without nice. asking for it. That's my favorite seat because then. You know, if I got to go to the bathroom, I can go. No, I don't have to bother anybody. Right, right. And, well, of course, I'm group, you know, 11 boarding the plane, which is fine because I'm on the aisle. Who cares? Yeah. So I get I get on the plane. I know there's not very many left. And the woman in the middle seat had all of her stuff in my seat. Oh, boy. And so I stopped and I looked at her and I said, I'm your C. And she <laughs> just looked at me like, uh-huh. And I said, this, this seat is my seat. And she went, oh. And she didn't speak to me the whole rest of the flight. And she slowly got her crap out of my seat. Uh. Blah, 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 blah. Didn't speak to me. I didn't speak to her. And it was late. That flight didn't take off till like 11 o'clock. So I didn't talk to her. She didn't talk to me. And, I, and she was kind of fumey because she had all her stuff. She had all that stuff. Oh, excuse me. you, buddy. As soon as that plane's wheels hit the tarmac, I popped off my seatbelt. I reached underneath the, the seat to get my bag that was coming with me, and I just sat there. And the moment that the uh, the seatbelt light went off, I stood up and got in the aisle. Good and for you. Know, the way it is now, you're supposed to stand up, get in the aisle, and then let your the, your eye, your seatmates in that group all go ahead of you. Mm -hmm. I was like, ladies. You didn't, you didn't earn this one, so good luck. <laughs> and I just got out in the aisle and started moving as quick as I could. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, <laughs> enjoy Asheville. And that was funny, too. Uh, we, we, we are about to land in Asheville. And they say, what? and the pilot goes, oh, we are, we're going to experience a slight delay because apparently... Asheville forgot we were coming and they shut down the tower and all of us on the butt, we're looking around at each other like they've shut down the tower well how the <laughs> hell are you gonna land without the tower but he was just like well, I just got to make sure that other plane that was just ahead of me that they get landed before we go and don't worry it'll just take a few more minutes I thought God it's like the wild west up in the skies these days it must be this past week the thing going around on the news was this fella I guess he panicked in a at a plane in a plane, and opened up the cabin door. What? While the plane was flying, I am not even kidding. He opened it up, and you could see video because somebody was taking video of it. You could see this video of the fellow who was closest to the cabin door, and he was hanging on for dear life. Hanging. Oh my gosh! And you could you could see that. A lot of other people were, and the exit interviews afterwards, they were saying, well, this plane was already in descent mode. It was already at a lower altitude, and it was already partially slowed down. Otherwise, those people would have been either, they, if they had been way up high, 
where there's not any oxygen that once that door opened, they would have been sucked out of the plane. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> that could have been a, a extremely bad situation, but it wasn't. So I guess planes have kind of sort of been on my mind too. Cause I was thinking about how many people are traveling more so than prior to the COVID pandemic. I don't know why. I don't know why. They're just anxious to get out and do and go see Mama and all of that since they hadn't for hadn't done it for a while. I guess that's what it is. Just yeah, I reckon cabin so. stir fever, cabin fever, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting to observe on a television screen, but I can tell you I don't want to be in a, a plane when something like that happens. Oh my gosh, now it's terrifying. It, that thought is terrifying. I've heard of a lot of, you know, kind of weird metaphysical stuff that happens on planes. But uh, I think the only time it's seriously dangerous is when humans are involved. <laughs> well, cause humans. Yeah. Uh, now we're back to that. We are. So hang on a second. I'm going to pop the top on a cold one here. Okay. And, and you go ahead and pop the top. And I think that my husband is kicking the mud off his boots and about to come in the house so you may have to cut all that stuff out yeah we can this is this cold one that i popped the top on is a it's a zevia grape oh you love those i do they taste like sodas when i was a kid they smell very grapey they taste very something not really grapey but they make me think of grape soda they're refreshing cool and refreshing yep oh and you know what we speaking of refreshing the watermelons are finally coming in oh my gosh they are we were at the grocery store this morning and there was a i think mama and child i don't know looked like that age range and that little girl was probably three years old maybe four Mm -hmm. and and she she was holding her mama's hand and -hmm. then she went there they are and she ran ahead, and she just stood there with her hands on a watermelon going, they're here, they're here, they're here, they're here. And the mother went towards, yes, yes, they are. Look, they're here. It was so cute. It sounds like it. I love watermelon. It's probably one of my favorites. Favorite fruits. Tastes like childhood to me. Mm Mm-hmm. We used so to, refreshing. Mm-hmm. We used to uh, grow them. And, of course, the country way of doing it would be to grow them on a hill. And you plant them at the top uh-huh. and you grow them on the hill. And as they ripen, and excuse me, as they grow, they slowly roll down the hill. And that way they don't just get ripe on all but one side. Yeah. Because they're kind of moving down. I'm pretty sure you knew that. Yeah. But no, my dad, my daddy used to do that too. And, he? and I remember one year he planted, he thought he'd planted the corn far enough away from the watermelons, but he hadn't. Oh. And so we had to fight our way through the corn to find the watermelons. Oh, yeah. Well, because the corn you, wasn't ready yet. Well, we, we would actually do the whole old fashioned thing. We'd stick the watermelon in the creek to get cold. Yes. You know, I can't imagine anybody doing that nowadays. I guess they don't. Well, I don't know. They might. Maybe if they have a clean creek is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but 
That was back back in the day when there was nothing. You didn't have any AI to worry about. Or oh my gosh! <laughs> I woke up this morning to two stories on the on the public radio. Oh, and the first one they were both each more horrifying than the next. Uh oh. And the first one was about these mamas in Ukraine that were that were sneaking into Russia to steal their children back. Because, you know, when that whole conflict started last year, the Russians would snatch these little young'uns out Mm. from their families and take them to Russia. So these mamas were like sneaking into Ukraine to steal their kids back. And that, I mean, that made me happy. I'm sad that they had to do it. But the story just made me happy. I could just imagine all the mamas I know sneaking across the border, trying to figure out how to get to where they're going. (laughs) And then the other one was about AI, and they were saying, "Well, it's probably time for us to make some plans for when a when AI decides that it's time to make our species extinct." And then somebody else said, "Well, yes, it would be very sensible just to think about that as a possible disaster scenario." I thought, uh, I cannot believe y'all are talk- talking about this like normal people. Like, yes. oh, this sounds so bad. You know, the robots are just going to try to destroy us. So let's figure out what the kill switch should be, shall we? Well, there, there is no kill switch at this point. That's what no. I've been saying to people for the longest time. Anybody who would talk to me about it, I'll tell them, you don't have any privacy. Forget that noise. Because if, if you've ever made a mistake on the computer and let your ID go, then chances are very good that it's still out there. Yeah. So there's really no privacy by the time they put together all these little hints, you know, such as bringing together tax records with property, this and the last time you applied for a loan or this or this or this. They can put together a very specific and usually really accurate picture of who you are and where you live and what you do and what your interests are. So forget your privacy. And if there's ever, ever been a photograph on the Internet, it's already there forever. Just because you can delete it out of your account doesn't mean it's not on the Internet. Google has already taken a photograph of it. You know, archive has already archived it if they could. And who knows who else has gotten a hold of it. And those are just the tame things that are going around. When you start talking about where the AI is going, that's some crazy stuff. And I'm a computer person who always wanted a, a, a robotic companion. But once AI started coming around and I realized what the cost of that robotic companion really is, because it's not a cost of money no. uh, for for them to, it's just, it, it's just something that I feel like we've already screwed it up and we're already going to have to go through our own jihad over it. And I hope humanity wins. Maybe I hope that you see. But but I, I don't I'm very pessimistic about that. Me and too. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine today and and she said, why is it every time humanity comes up with a new idea, they just don't think about it. They go, oh, we can do this. And then they just do it. And then when it all starts going to crap, they're like, oh, huh, yeah. I never saw that coming. Yeah. Well, That's I mean, crazy. I'm exactly like everybody else. And I love the the I love it when it saves me time and I love convenience and all of that. And I think it's interesting to see what it can do with art in a creepy way. It's interesting. I think it's interesting to think about what it could potentially do 
for customer service and all of that. But mostly I think that these, that a lot of jobs are going to go. Maybe, I mean, or it could just be that they achieve sentience really fast. That could happen as well. See, we don't know. We've never, humans no, cannot no. imagine the intelligence that is growing every microsecond through the AI community. That's exactly right. And, and we, even if they could imagine it, they probably haven't slowed down long enough to imagine it. Right now, go, go, look what they can do. Look, yeah. I can get a robot to do my vacuuming. Oh boy, that's gonna be great! And I can, I can, if I forget about it, I can tell it from work to go do my vacuuming. Well, right. dear God! Or oh, I've got a refrigerator that'll tell me what I need to get at the grocery store. Are you not capable of opening the damn door of the refrigerator? <laughs> now, I'm not, I'm not asking you to remember that you drank the last of the milk. But I am wanting to give you some credit that you can just open up the refrigerator and go, oh, yeah, no milk. Yeah. I need to pick that up when I go. I no. don't need a damn computer in my refrigerator to tell me what I need. Right. And that's not even the most uh, insidious part of it. Is. No, that's pretty innocuous. Right. Have, have, did you do you remember reading 1954 or 1984 with George Orwell? Of course I do. Do you? And I, you know, I'd never seen the movie. I've only read uh, the, the book. Very creepy. But well, I, I seem to remember that there was a lot of. It was like uh, you'd have a routine every day, and your routine would include getting up and checking the screen in your room for for information about your friends and your job and the weather and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. When he wrote it, that was a novel idea. Yeah, we're doing it right now. Yeah. Well, and, I, every day I pick up, first thing I do in the morning is I pick up the phone to see what time it is. And then yeah. I just go from there. Yep. We're just, uh, and, and as you have often pointed out, Wally, didn't anybody see Wally? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, I, my mother was a big early science fiction fan. Mm -hmm. And she, I read Asimov as a, pretty young 10 or 11 year old mm -hmm. i guess yeah um and i think in our hearts of hearts we thought that we would create these very uh sophisticated machines and they would take away the drudge work that humans mm -hmm. do so that that humans then right so humans then could be free to do art and to make beautiful gardens and to do those things that really that, that are the best of being what humans are. But now what we got is we've got AI that is writing the scripts for movies. AI can absorb an actor's character and create that actor performing a role in a movie. So you never have to hire that actual human being to do it because right. AI can do that for you. Right. And, and so what AI is doing is creating all the art that we thought we'd be able to have time to do. And now we are like Alabama just changed the child labor laws. Yeah. So we're going to work harder and at an earlier age right. while AI does all the stuff we dreamed we'd have time to do one day. And that's just that's just one of the, the weird aspects of it. Not so good for humanity. I mean, we are we. 
is humanity ready to be judged as to whether or not they are beneficial to the planet or not? No. <laughs> We're not. No, ma'am. And and at any point, the, you know, everybody thinks about the, uh, what is it, the the Asimov's principles of uh, robotics. Mm -hmm. Was that what it was, you know, uh, and robot, robot shall under no circumstances harm a human. Well, just because that was written down doesn't mean that you can actually build those things into a computer, especially, or excuse me, I shouldn't say a computer, into an AI collective. Just because that sounds nice and everybody's used to hearing it doesn't mean that, that it is even possible. So, well, because most AI is going to think better than most humans, and that's some, the truth yeah. of it. So, so much that, better that we can't comprehend but, it. Yeah, so that if you can code into it, you do not harm a human, then it's going to figure out how to work around the word harm. Well, does yeah. that harm this human? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't believe it does harm this human, so I think I can do that. Or it'll find, it'll take all these little facts and come up with a summation that says, all right, we can't help from, we, we have to harm at least one or two humans for the greater good of humanity. Right. If, right. If that would be the, maybe the best case scenario, because they're going to, they're going to see the planet and what the planet is capable of, of sustaining. And, you know, they'd probably decide we're not worth it. Or it could be that they, that things are just fine and none of that ever changes. No, but I don't think so. I think that AI is is a lurking threat to our existence. And I'm not usually that paranoid. Uh, yeah, same here. Mm -hmm. I am probably usually that paranoid, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I try not to be because it doesn't, I can never fix it if I'm paranoid about it. It's usually something that's too big of an issue for me to fix anyway. You know, so I, I try not to be, but I. I don't always succeed at that. But anyway, so we were going to, I was going to bring that to your attention about possibly something to talk about today. And I was going to talk about the fake meat thing. I thought that was, it's there are times when I open up the news and I think I really am living in science fiction land. Tell me about what, what is the fake meat? I don't know what, I mean, well, I know what fake meat is, but I would be, I would be willing to bet that unless it's outlawed, it will be all over the world soon. Because what fake meat is, is where they take the stem cells from a, a meat and they recreate it over and over again. So, oh. you can, but the interesting thing is this, this protein that they use to program the meat, if you will, to have a certain taste or viscosity or whatever, this protein is very genetic and you can load it into, if you can believe this, they can make fake meat that is edible and it looks exactly like meat with a 3D printer because of the type of protein that they use. Can you believe that? No, that's really interesting. Well, and not only can they, but they've been doing it for a while. And they just haven't, they have to get to a certain point in testing before the public sees it, you know, before they roll it out. And then they try and get you all excited about it. But I've seen uh, 
piece of sushi that was recreated and it was some I forget which cut of of fish it was or what type of fish it was and of course they've had that uh, big giant ravioli or meatball excuse me that was out not too long ago and it was all fake meat it was just gen generic protein that's been encoded it's crazy it is crazy welcome to sci-fi land so so i wanted you know i was going to talk about that and then i was going to take ilsa's suggestion and talk about where the podcast is going and and kind of how we got here and i also had been asked a question is how do you know if they're dead when you're dreaming them um, dreaming them up if they're in your dreams how do you know that they're that they're there to give you a message person has a dream let's say and they're wondering if that dream was a message or had an omen in it for them or and mm. they don't know because they, they're not sure <laughs> but because someone who is dead was in the dream it makes them wonder if that's been going on and so i was huh. going to talk about that some too so there you go i was all prepared and you are still all prepared. So <laughs> let's talk about that last thing about the people in your dreams. Tell me more about that. Well, let's say, well, if I'm a muggle and I remember my dreams and I see my great aunt who passed away 30 years ago in the dream, if depending on my, my mind, I might go, well, I wonder if, if Aunt Millie has come back to to tell me not to buy stock in Campbell's soup, you know, or if she told me, not, if she doesn't want me to, to marry that guy or something like that, you know, I might wonder about it. So how do you know when it's a messaging dream versus um, a, a message for you? That's basically the question. Huh. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know the answer. Do you? Have oh, you yeah. pondered it? Yeah, I've pondered it a lot. Um, and I, for me personally, I don't know if this is a universal answer, but for me personally, uh, if it's if it's a person who has died and I'm thinking about them and it's just one of those dreams where maybe I'm it's a flushing dream of some sort, then they'll be in there and we'll interact as if they were just, you know, still alive. If if it's a message for me it's something I need to know and they've come back from the other side to tell me about it then then there are signals about it first of all I know they're dead and that's the main thing if I know in my dream that they're dead and they've already passed on then it's usually I guess always for me a sign that they have come back to tell me something also they don't speak to me with a voice that I can hear and that may be a me oh. thing too but they also have never blinked. They don't blink. Their eyes have a look. It's like they're looking at you, but they, they're they unseeing, even though they're pointing in the right direction, if that makes any sense. Yeah, um, it does. It actually does. Yeah. So like that dream I've talked about on the podcast here where my friend Norma came back to me, she pointed at a table and it had her handwriting on the letter and the message was there. And I knew it was from her. Because, you know, I knew it was from her. I knew she had passed on. I knew she wasn't speaking. So that's how I do it. I don't know if everybody else has the same experience. Yeah. Well, it'd be good to compare notes with a lot of people yeah. and see what the commonalities are in that um, protocol. Oh, yeah. And I, yeah. I, I wonder how many folks 
out there listening, if y'all have, have any input on that, I'd be interested in it. Oh, and the other thing was about that photograph that I posted on the Weirdling page of the original profile. Yes. <laughs> that is a, that was really, that was an interesting day. It was. That was a day that kind of cemented my opinion of you. I don't know if you knew that or not, but I was oh, like, oh, yeah, I was like, good, <laughs> good, 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 <laughs> because I, I appreciated your opinion about it. Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have, so I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. WYRD Mountain Gals.